Good morning. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Being. Hope everybody's feeling good on this fine. What day is it? Sunday. Sunday. What day is it? (laughs) The good Sunday. Sunny out. Okay. So, you know our use. Dr. Hamlet, what's your energy? You know, my energy is like maybe a six. I feel like. I had some coffee today, but I didn't, so I'm a little revved up. Okay. I like it. All right. Dr. A. I'm at a solid 5.5. This week was a good week. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I come to you live from five. I'm good. <laughs> I was like, from five. We're- live from five. I'm good. Great. All right. So, what, friend? I was waiting for the topic. I'm like, okay, what's she coming with now? Let's, let's. So, tis the season to transition back to school. Mm-hmm. Young adults on their way back to college, kids back to school, and COVID still around. So, here we are. How do we go about sort of making all of this work? You know, the, the, the things that sort of stand out the most to me are being a parent, whether in a two-parent home or a one-parent home. How do you provide for your house, right? Are are you an essential worker? Can you work from home? Does your school system, does your child or children's school system do the hybrid learning? So it's like X amount of days in the building, X amount of days at home. How do you go about any of those things? How do you navigate all those things? And we know September to October is peak like sneeze time, right? Where the kids like legit pass whatever they get from school on home. What are we going to do? P.S. COVID still. Mm-hmm. You had to add that on then. Because, mm-hmm. you know, back to school time is like hectic until you settle in and get a rhythm. And you typically don't get a rhythm till like Thanksgiving, right? And at that point, the college kids are on their way home for Thanksgiving break, go back for finals. It's about, you know, like a new normal, honestly. And I know that term has been floating around since we, you know, since the whole thing exploded. But that's really what it is, is how do you create a new normal for yourself? Whatever that may look like, because it's going to be different for everyone. Yeah. You know, I think I think to your point of the new normal, I feel like people aren't accepting that yet. And they're just... In, from their relative perspectives, like, oh my gosh, I can't work from home and do homeschool for my kids. They're not learning as much. So I think people don't want to accept yet that PS COVID is still here. Have we just okay. changed the name to PS COVID? I'm pretty sure we did. Okay. <laughs> PS. Pause. COVID is still here. Exclamation mark. <laughs> so so i mean it it is right and it's and then too uh, oh but, sorry, go ahead. no go i was ahead. gonna say also nope. i think about so we're talking about kids going back to school and parents but also what about the teachers i know who have their own kids they're frontline right so if you want to conceptualize it in terms of like essential frontline workers teachers are they are because 
they're having to make sure that for X amount of hours of the day, your child is safe. Your child is learning. Your child is making those 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 developmental milestones. You know, just from working in the schools in the past, I always had a, you know, a respect for teachers and always understood the magnitude of what they do because it was never just about teaching. But then somebody had posted on social media this um, piece. I don't know what you would call it. It wasn't quite a poem, but, and I'm going to paraphrase and I don't even know how you would find it, but it was, it was really, really um, poignant. And it was like, you know, you wanted us to teach. So we learned the material and we taught. Then you said we had to become social workers and recognize signs of abuse. Then you wanted us to protect the kids um, in terms of like school shootings. So we learned the protocols for that. Now, and there were some other things too. And then the final one was like, mm-hmm. and now you want us to be healthcare workers and right. screen kids for COVID and, you know, try and keep kids safe from COVID. It's like, we're only human. Sure. At the end of the day. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. When you say it like that, it kind of speaks to like in all of the ideologies, right, that we talk about in these episodes, gender bias, et cetera, the value we place on education. We know education is extremely critically important, right? But it speaks to the value of like at all costs, these kids need to be in school, in a classroom with a teacher, no matter what, which understandably kids need to learn. I don't want to say P.S. again, but where do we draw the line, though? P.S. And then just to add another mix, because, you know, I just love just mixing stir it the up. pot, just stir it on up, just stir the pot. You also have the parents who have children who have special needs. Yes. So they thrive on the structure and the consistency and need the social interactions that are fostered at school. So you're asking them to not have that same level of consistency through five days of school. You're asking them to wear a mask that chances are they don't understand why they have to wear it and how they have to wear it and why even if it gets hot they have to keep it on or if they feel something on their lip or you know their nose itches or you know there's different nuances of wearing this mask right let's just that typically functioning adults don't even get because they wear it underneath their nose which is mind-boggling I digress but you have kids with special needs who don't understand this and we're doing them a disservice they're doing their parents a disservice. And that's a lot of pressure in the home to juggle consistency for my child who has special needs. Distance learning. And oh, yeah, why? I also have to check in and start my work day at 9 a.m. You know, I don't think there's any easy answers to this. It's, it's definitely isn't. not a one size fits all by any means. But I also think that we can be more thoughtful about the decisions that we make in terms of education. Yeah. You know, to Tasha's point, you know, just the nuances of some kids. I mean, if if a smaller group of kids is in the classroom, right, the risk is theoretically lower and could be easier to manage. 
So maybe it's figuring out like a triage, like which kids actually really need to be in a classroom versus those who are, you know, were doing reasonably well when the school year went virtual and are doing work at home or like doing okay versus some kids. I've had friends at special ed schools who have noted that kids with with extreme behavioral issues sometimes have done better virtually because they don't have all this extra stimulation and stuff. So like maybe it's figuring out who needs what rather than everybody has to go back to school. Sure. And we talk about it all the time, right? Like differentiation of learning. Right. And how to scaffold to meet the needs of every individual. So can there be some kind of process in place for doing that? Right. But then you have different school districts, different states, different regulations. So it seems like every school district and every school has like a slightly different way they're conceptualizing this. And I wonder then what, how can we then support the parents? How can we offer suggestions to support the kids? Right? Because I have teacher friends who are like, well, I, they really, feel a way about going back into the classroom because one, even pre-COVID, um, they didn't have enough supplies to do just the basics of what their job requirements asked of them, right? Now, COVID, you're going to need still though, there's still that lack of supplies to, to perform the, the basics of their job, but then mount on all the supplies for COVID, right? So you need your wipes, you need your hand sanitizer, you need your soap, you need your paper towel. So how do they navigate that? How do we go about supporting the teachers? And it just makes me wonder about, because I know typically before the year gets started, there's a lot of professional development, a lot of preparation, workshops are facilitated. And I wonder what is the level of support within those things that are being provided to the teachers about all of these different things that you're talking about, Taj, because you're right, it's not just instruction. Right. It's really not. And I, I, in some ways, instruction is really not, you know, I mean, it's important, but you have all these other things to consider in order sure. to be able to do the instruction. You know what I mean? So it's important, but like there are other factors to consider to allow for the instruction to, to be front and center. I don't know. This is, this is, I think this is one of our, heavier ones, right? Um, what would you do? What would you do if you were approached by a teacher um, starting the school year? And she, you know, there's, there's, there's a weight of different emotions and things that she carries. Like, how would you walk her through sort of the process of teaching in the classroom to support her? I mean, one thought I had before was that and this might be hard to do, but you know, when we work together, Taj, I mean, this is obviously a different thing, but same concept. When we used to have our core team meetings and it was like a strategy of, okay, we're going to get together. We're going to look at the data. We're going to talk about where things stand today. We're going to talk about what our action steps were last week. We're going to put things on the agenda to move this plan forward. But I'm like, I wonder if teachers would feel uh, more supported if it was, which I'm sure schools may be doing this, but like even teams that involve some of the parents from the students in their classes that like every week we look at like, where does the school stand with safety measures? What was stressful this week? 
right? Because to Latoya's point, if these teachers are feeling like the parents are at home, like my kid was out of school, you need to teach them, right? There's going to be an extra stress. But if like parents were talking to teachers and they were collaborating, like we get it. We appreciate you, you taking our kids back to school. Let us support you. And just more communication, I think, between teachers, staff, I mean, teachers, administrators, and parents than is typical, you know, like the, like a little sure. village kind of a team for the classroom. Sure. Sure. Um, I think that that is, that is definitely the first, the first means to, to do so. I think one thing that comes to mind is access, right? It's like some of, some of our kids in some of these districts and some of these areas do not have access, right? Whether it's access to a computer to do Zoom or access to internet to access Zoom, you know, or whatever, or Google, Google Classroom or whatever the means of teaching. And I think with that same, you know, daily meeting and check-in, as you mentioned, Nikita, I think it, 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 it would warrant sort of feeding that in as a as a as a first step right it's like making sure everyone has access because if they don't have access this is all a mute point you, you know they're only going to get the day two days three days however they decide to do the hybrids um of teaching and then once they're left to do the online stuff if they don't have access they're not going to participate and then that's just lost days and lost time you know, speaking of access i think that's one of the things that has been highlighted in the midst of this pandemic. I mean, health disparities, yes, but also the disparities in mm-hmm. our education systems because of the lack of access that communities of color have to resources. Sure. What do you guys think about, like, I was, as you were saying that, Taj, I was thinking about, like, the paraprofessionals, like, and other support classroom support staff how do we how could we use them to help with things like access you know like i'm thinking of a school i i worked with right in march when this first started and the behaviorist and the paraprofessional were like really very involved with this kids remote education as well as the teacher and it was great like they had the behaviorist to check in with the family the paraprofessional was was doing lessons with the kid so it's like could those support people be used even if it's like a small group outside of the classroom so there's less actual bodies in the classroom or somewhere closer or more convenient to the families i'm wondering if school districts are thinking like that about stuff like that or what you guys think um i mean i think i definitely see that as feasible right because there's going to be kids that are going to get lost in the shuffle right so it's important to make sure that those resources that they had in the classroom carry with them home because that'll definitely alleviate some, not to alleviate all, but some of the burden, not burden, burden's the wrong word, but stress um, placed upon the parent. And 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 I do agree, Nikki, like the paraprofessional could, there, there can be sort of like a traveling cohort to each of those kids to sort of follow up on whatever the main lesson is. You don't necessarily have to keep them on Zoom for three, four hours. Teacher can sort of do what she needs to do via Zoom. And then... The second half of the day, allowing for the kids to get lunch or a nap or what have you. The second part of the day, the paraprofessional and the behaviorist sort of travels via Zoom to these to these different uh, students to sort of follow up on what was what was taught for the day. But then it would also require, which is what the teachers probably scream pre-COVID, support and follow up from the families. So after hours. 
there has to be something folded into the evening routine to carry over the learning from day to day. And it, and it's, and it's almost like an all hands on deck, you know, whether it's during the time that the paraprofessional is with the student, paraprofessional and the behaviorist is with the student, the parent can sort of get stuff done around the house or get stuff done via work or what have you. But there has to be a routine, like you have to sort of set up a routine. And that sort of goes to when we work together and we would set up these schedules for these, you know, for these folks to to, to follow. And we noticed that when the routines weren't followed, the day spontaneously combusted and things went wrong, right? And so that's usually what happens with our, you know, with the kids in these, in these home situations, you have parents that at the end of the night are drinking a glass of wine or two glasses of wine. Like, how did I make it through this day? You know, and or I got to do it over again, you know, or, a 10. or, or, or five or a bottle, the whole you know, bottle. a whole bottle. So it's like, it, 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 it's, it's, it's that needing a routine. How do you, how do you go around and sort of make sure parents have this routine in place? Well, that's why school is, to Latoya's point, so many things. I mean, if you think about school back in the day, it's mm-hmm. like it was a place where kids could get a meal. It was like I had a social, it's always had a social service component. So now without that, how do you meet that need for some of these kids? And, you know, we also need to consider too whether the instruction is remote or in person, the social and emotional needs of these mm-hmm. kids. I mean, think about it as adults. Social distancing, I, there's a couple of different parts, right? So social distancing has done a number on people because we, Girl. We're, we're, as humans, we're hardwired for connection and relationships. So to be separated from people and I, I you know, people have adhered to the distancing guidelines in different ways, but right varying degrees but um for the most part um for the you know for people who have been you know really trying to follow the social distancing guidelines that's, it's hard it's hard and so um then that part on top of there's been a lot of loss during this time so we don't know what these students are coming back to school with virtually or in person in terms of what's happened to people in their families so attention also has to be paid to their emotional health. Like what are, if we are going to be virtual, what are the opportunities for them to have social time with their classmates? What does that look like sure. via the internet? Um, if kids are anxious about losing people, um, what are, you know, are there any, any things put in place in terms of helping kids grieve? I definitely think the newest catchphrase is about to be social emotional supports or social emotional learning or social social emotional um context not to say that it's like a catchphrase but it, it it's definitely something that i've heard a lot um in recent weeks months and weeks leading up to going back to school right because like you said dr gaines it's it's one of those things where there's aspects of all of this that hasn't been clearly thought out but we all we do know is, is getting them back to school will fill this void that has been missing since mid-March, mid to end March, end of March of this year. Now, what that'll actually look like and, and how it'll roll out and how hmm, appropriate, I guess, or how sufficient, that's the word I'm looking for, how sufficient it'll be 
to address those needs, we'll never really know. But we definitely all agree that something needs to be done because there's that piece that's been missing um, and no one's actually tapped into it. Can we talk about my college students for a second? Because in my sure. in my daily functioning right now, it's like the conversations and the plans and then the students trying to figure out their classes. It's just same thing. It's like, how is this? How is this going to work? Right. They're bring. Are they bringing them back to camp to campus for you for two weeks they to are. quarantine? Which is mind boggling. What do you say? I mean, besides like, like. We've all been in college. We've all stayed in dorms. Like, how are you quarantining in that two oh, by well, two room? They all have. I think days. they all have singles, so they they made it so there's less people living in the dorms, and because that's not going to drive you bonkers. You're sitting in a, a two by two room, and you don't and have anybody to talk to. Other and than students like, living off camp, there's students who are being allowed to live off campus. Which I'm just uh, go to my friend's house. Like, well, right. what about like the dining hall? There is none. You have to order out. Oh. Or I take it to go. Gone. I think maybe they're preparing lunches and meals that, to go. I, I don't know, actually. But yeah. it's part of tuition. And so if, it, if there's a focus on making sure, you know, there's funding coming in, they're going to provide the food. Right. But again, mealtimes, we've, again, we've all been to college. You meet your friends in the dining hall. So fun. And debrief about so everything. Much fun. And you can't even debrief debrief about girl, what you watch on Netflix today? My they put the game back like, on Netflix, y'all. Okay. Let me not let me not uh, I love the game. Not because it's that funny. Okay, sorry. We digress. Never mind. <laughs> Doesn't take much. It, I mean, all. I had a I had a student even say that, like, I'm nervous about coming back on campus because I know there's all these rules and it's going to be super strict and I want to see my friends. So I just don't even know if it's worth it because I'm not going to be able to hang out with my friends like I regularly do. Mm-hmm. College seems like an easier thing to just keep virtual. College seems like the drive to go on campus is financial. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Because how many people are how many people are out of work so to speak if the students are not on campus we're talking about environmental for sure the environmental department the food services department i guess not the registrar but nope registration and financial aid could possibly be done online via email plant management operations plant management so there are a lot there are a lot of different departments that it's are directly true. impacted. But what's the solution? The the I the from a college perspective, I mean they all have to stay home. Like you're just you, But then there are parents that are saying, yep. So I'm paying tuition for my child to sleep in their room, to stay in my house, to stress me out. So, I mean, it's 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 a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose with all of this. Like, there's no way to sort of find it. But what would it look like? I think the other thing, you know, is that there's this predicted second wave. And we don't right. know what that is going to look like. Now, I could see if um, 
we were sort of at a steadier pace with the rates of infection. But since we're anticipating another spike, like all these other countries have had, mm-hmm. y'all can't see mm-hmm. my face, but yeah. The, it's that interesting right that it's super complicated, but then it's not, right? It's like, just you just need to stay in your house. That's it. <laughs> That's the answer. That's but it. then it's complicated when people are like, right. no, but maybe we can go back to school. Maybe the kids can go back to school. Maybe... No, like in Italy, they got to the point of like, the police would be like, why are you up in the house? What's up? You need something? Get back in there. (laughs) 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 Yep. Yeah. It's, but what's it going to take? What's it going to take? I just, my heart just hurts for the babies. And for the college kids, right? Because there's some college kids that we, we all know that, you know, that that is prime psych, psych They have their first psychological break, right? Prime time. Mm-hmm. We have two sets of folk, two different age groups that are though these moments that they're in are impressionable, life changing. And we need to be able to support them as most possible. You know, I've had a couple of students break my heart kind of like, you know, there's no place for me to do work at home because there's a lot of people in my house. So when I'm not here, I don't have like they use my room. So where am I supposed to study? I'm like, you can go to the library. I can't really go to the library. My neighborhood is kind of sketchy. I won't go out. I've had other other students be like on campus. You can just go eat anytime you want. There's not food like that here. Right. Right. And I think, and that's it. I, was say, I think too, same thing with um, the younger ones. For a lot of them, school was the only place where they knew they were going to get consistent meals. And as sad as it might sound, a stable, caring adult. Yeah. Because that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. I mean, we've all seen it. It's so true. Right eyes on them you know just to see like are you looking good today mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. clean clothes and i don't know if you two saw there's two um teachers two i know female exactly teachers where that, you're going with this yes i do <laughs> that um redid that redid what song was it toya oh now you're gonna get I what's popping what's popping they remix it's what's so popping and to motivate the kids to get vested in there in this experience, like we about to do all of this because you not on my back will you be slacking, right? And I feel like here here's my soapbox. I feel like if there were so many other teachers that were in it that deep, that that social <laughs> emotional piece, because yeah, she hears the song in her so head, <laughs> like th- that social emotional piece would be on that morale. You know what I mean, yes. What can say it? Go ahead. Black people oh. are dope. Uh, I said it. <laughs> I didn't know what she was about to say. <laughs> Wait, you see, I put my head down. I was like, oh boy, oh boy, she about to pull in the Kia. She about to pull in the Kia. Black Here we go. Dope. They are like had the whole video, like remixed it, like yeah. Could anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> P.S. Nobody else. Still here. Nobody else. And. 
P.S. Black people they had home. on masks. Let's be clear. Like, nobody else could. Nobody else could. And I feel like that's what's needed. So I definitely yeah, tip my hats to them. Because, again, you know on their watch, that social emotional piece is on. You know on their watch, oh, you got your camera off? I'm going to need you to um turn that on. What are we doing? I need you to answer this last question I just asked. Checking like, in with the parents. The teacher or the professor. Right. Oh, we had class at such and such time. They didn't, ch- they didn't check in. Where they at? What's up? What you need me to help you with? So in thinking about, you know, flip the script, is that one of the ways? Engagement. That we can. Yeah. Absolutely. That's huge. But again, you have to love your job. All right. You have to love your okay. job. <laughs> no. Shouldn't have went there. Toyo, no, I just messed up the flow. Because <laughs> she knew I was going down that rabbit hole and she didn't want me to go down because you know I get fired up about stuff like I feel like we just got to like, stop it right there. Okay. Just saying. But yes, I think. You could tell those sisters, those teachers, they, they, those teachers that are sisters love their they jobs. They do. Carry on. I think we need to think about creative ways because, right, the new normal. Then you keep it's it's no longer business as usual. It's really not. So we have to on every level, from classroom teachers to support staff to administration to policymakers, government. Like we all have to begin to think differently because the things that we know the things that we go to, the things that have been tried and have been successful are just not going to work. Do we have to think creatively? You know what's interesting too? Because I think some schools and teachers are, but it's it's also kind of speaks sometimes to like, it seems like COVID has highlighted how many people have different perspectives, different levels of anxiety or concerns about their risk. And different either organizational skills or planning. Because it seems like there's a real variety of people who are like literally thinking of every single step. Actually, at at my school, they were talking about the fatigue, decision-making fatigue. Like everything has 10 steps you got to think about for safety. But in other places, they're like, ah, they're fine. (laughs) So it's like, which one is it? We need all these plans? And think creative, or it's all good. <laughs> so it's almost like I'm not going to allow my myself as a teacher, right, to be used as a guinea pig because we haven't figured out. Or my this kid. Out. I think parents are like, or my kid. Yeah. Right. To give credit where credit was due, it's Miss Evans and Miss Williams oh. and George. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to you, ladies. Yeah. Kept it popping. Yep. That was awesome. It was. Monroe Comprehensive was High awesome. School. Callie Evans and Audrey Williams. You ladies are amazing. <laughs> Spot That's on. that black girl magic right there. <laughs> just saying, just saying, just saying. In case you didn't know. <laughs> or you forgot. Uh, right. <sighs> All right, ladies. Where Where's everybody's energy at? This is a hard That was a lot. Heavy. It, was, it was tough. That brought me down. That brought me down because I, I think, okay, I vacillated. At one point, I felt myself at a seven. When I was about to get on my soapbox. But then brought myself down. So I'm at like a 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. What do you think, Dr. Hamlet? 
maybe out of four, three and a half. I mean, this conversation is just hard. There's just so many. It's just, it's a bad situation, you know? So it's a kind of depressing conversation thinking about all the elements. So took my mood down a little bit. And Dr. Agreed. I'm at, where did I I start at a five? So yeah, I think I've come down a little bit, maybe about a four. Um, There's just no easy answers. No. There's just no easy answers and no simple ones either. So. I didn't pay a lot for my car insurance, though. (laughs) I'm just trying to make a joke. (laughs) 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 I lighten the mood. (laughs) Love it. Thank you for joining us. Yes, another episode. Feel free to check us out. Send us an email. Ask us questions. Doctors. The doctors. At beingthepodcast.com. Yes. We may just answer your question during one of our episodes. So send them in. You know. Give us feedback. Tell us. Tell us where you are, what you're doing, what you're up to. What you're yes, doing. we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Please do. Again, the doctors at beingthepodcast.com. All right, ladies, until next time. Next time. Bye. See you guys later. Bye.